Good morning. Would you please stand and join me in the call to worship that you'll find printed in your bulletin. We come into God's presence with joy in our hearts. We come into God's presence seeking to understand. We come into God's presence with longing for peace. We come into God's presence ready to be challenged.
Let us turn our hearts now to confessing what we have left undone and what we have done that might not be right in God's sight. Join with me in the prayer of confession. Powerful, passionate, and peacemaking God, we are in need of the wisdom that only you may offer. Too often, we rely solely on ourselves in making decisions, fooling ourselves that we have all the information and experience needed. Forgive us when we leave you out of the equation. Place in us a keen awe for your divine wisdom and a dedication to trust in your leading. Turn us from the judgment of others and relieve us from resumptions of a person's character and purpose. Hear us now, merciful God, as we pray to you silently our confessions this morning. And we pray together, saying, God of grace, make us whole that we may be your faithful servants all our days. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Amen. Welcome to worship at Yorkfield Presbyterian Church. We welcome all of you here warmly and hope that you'll take a moment following worship to greet those around you, to be a part of their life, and to actively engage in welcoming them to this place. As you can see, we're having a bit of a computer glitch this morning, so no nice visual announcements. Uh, you just have to listen closely to the verbal announcements, and you've heard them all before. Um, there's a congregational meeting that will take place today immediately following this worship service. It'll be short. It is called for one specific purpose, and that is to elect Nancy Colval as elder. Your nominating committee is placing her before you, and now we ask for your confirmation. Our dear, blessed John Calvin is coming next week to worship. Yes, on his 500th birthday, he's leaving Switzerland and coming all the way here to be with us. So join us next week as we hear a good word about Presbyterianism and Calvinism from the author himself. 
The church picnic will be the following Sunday, June 19th at Salt Creek, and it's a combination this year of both the picnic and the corn boil. Please bring a friend. The following Sunday, then, is the Run for Hunger on July 26th. The run happens early in the morning. It is a run benefiting our own food pantry as well as Oxfam and other hunger organizations. Uh, come if you can, volunteer if you're able. If all you can do is be present at the finish line and cheer on those runners, come and do that. And then the following week, that first week of August, August 3rd through the 6th, we will hold Vacation Bible School. The theme this year is Crocodile Dock. So bring your kids, your neighbors. Registration is open, I think, through the 15th of this month. There are CDs of the fun music that will be sung at VBS, available for your purchase in the Welcome Center. And today is Food Pantry Sunday. Every first Sunday of every month, uh, we encourage you to bring a donation for the food pantry. Now, I should have told you this last week, but I wasn't here, so I'm telling you now. And then if you want to bring stuff to help the food pantry next Sunday, that'd be great. Ted Schomburg tells me, here are the top four items needed at the food pantry this week. Pasta, and not regular spaghetti, but pasta in different shapes. So if you can get some pasta. Jello, canned peas, and tuna. So here's the simple way you can remember what's needed at the food pantry this week. We're getting ready to go to a potluck dinner at the church, and we're taking tuna noodle casserole and jello molds. <laughs> so bring the ingredients needed for that and place it in the basket at the top of the stairs so that we may continue to faithfully serve the hungry in our neighborhood and our surrounding areas. Will the children please come up? Here they come. <laughs> They're running down the center aisle. They're sleepy. It was a big day yesterday. Okay. All right, so you get my children's sermon. Today's story is about when Jesus sends us out. Jesus sends us out, and so I want to teach you all a new song today. This song comes from South Africa. So it has words that may not seem familiar to us. So we'll start with the words. The words are tuma. Can you say that? Mina. Mina. So. so. Man. Man. This one's a little tricky because you have two consonants together. Dala. Like D L A. Tuma Mina. So Mandla. This very simply means send me. Send me, Jesus. Send me, Lord. Okay? Here's how it goes. I'm not a great singer, so you'll just have to put up with this. Uh, I'll sing it, and then I want you to echo me back. To Mamina. To Mamina. To Mamina. To Mamina. Aren't they great? Okay, so we're going to sing Tumamina, 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 So Mandla. Send me. Send me, Jesus. Send me, Lord. You ready? We're just going to sing it through twice. Tumamina, Tumamina, 
to Mamina so mandla again to Mamina to Mamina to Mamina so mandla okay pick up your feet out of the mud and we're going to sing it a little faster you ready here we go to Mamina to Mamina to Mamina, so mandla. One more time. To Mamina, to Mamina, to Mamina, so mandla. Amen. Will you pray with me? O oh God, take away all our anxieties. Breathe your spirit into us a deep breath. Cleanse the busyness of our minds and remove all distractions so that this hour we may be fully present to hear, to discern, and to be challenged once again to receive your call. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The scripture lesson this morning comes from the book of Mark. For some weeks now, we're going to continue on right through the book of Mark. We've had lessons from the book of Mark the last two weeks, and we continue today. Chapter 6, 6, verses 1 through 3. He left that place and came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. On the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astounded. They said, where did this man get this? What is the wisdom that's been given to him? What deeds of power are being done by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James and Joas and Judas and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. And then Jesus said to them, Prophets are not without honor, except in their hometown, and among their own kin, and in their own house. And he could do no deed of power there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and cured them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. Then he went about among the villages teaching, He called the twelve and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He ordered them to take nothing for their journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and to not put on two tunics. He said to them, wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave the place. If any place will not welcome you and they refuse to hear you, as you leave, shake off the dust from your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and proclaimed that all should repent. They cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them. Friends, this is the word of our God. Thanks be to God. 
Jesus had been away for some time. He presumably had said goodbye to his mom, his brothers, and his sisters, and in his own way tried to explain to them why he must leave to answer Yahweh's call and go out and do God's good work. We're not sure, are we, what Mary told the neighbors as they gathered at the central well in Nazareth. Well, yes, it's true, my oldest son has left the household, and he's traveling the region to preach and teach to whoever will listen, to heal the sick and to cure the diseased. Oh, when will he be home? Well, I have no idea, or if he'll ever come home again. After traversing the region for some time, Jesus feels the pull to visit the hometown folks. Being just on the other side of the Sea of Galilee, Jesus looks across this inland lake, and it's only 13 miles wide, so he can see across the whole lake. He looks across, and he sees on the other shore his home. And so he journeys there and pauses. And being at home on the day of Sabbath rest, of course he goes to the synagogue. And in this, his home church, he offers a powerful teaching and interpretation. The men are sitting at his feet and the women a bit further back, but they're all astonished. You can just see them. One leans to the other, whispering, Where did this man get all this? What university has he been studying in? Where does he get this power? It started further back towards, you know, the back pew of the sanctuary, made its way going forward till the buzz kept building. Hey, look closer. Isn't that Mary's boy? I knew his younger brothers and sisters. He's one of us. Who does he think he is? Does he think he's one of those fancy philosophers from Rome or something? Is he here to put us down, showing off with all this knowledge? Well, I'm not standing for it. He's just a simple carpenter. He's one of us. And the murmurs of the worshipers grew until Jesus could plainly hear all their grumblings, all their gossip, all their whispers. He could see the sneers on their faces. He could feel the contempt, and he knew that although Yahweh had called him beloved, this hometown crowd simply was not buying it. They could not see in this adult man that just a few years ago was apprentice in his father's woodshop one that was now being called prophet. They could not see that he was God's teacher for all peoples. Yes, Jesus went home and found that he was no hometown hero. There was no flag-waving, no accolades, just skepticism and a severe loss of faith that anything good could ever come from Nazareth. Mark's Gospel account tells us that Jesus fires off a retort to this reception. Prophets are not without honor, except in their hometown. 
And to this very common saying, one that was common among Jews and Romans of the time, Jesus adds this phrase at the end. Not without honor except in hometown. And Jesus adds, not only hometowns, but also without honor among their own kin and in his own house. Jesus is disappointed. He's frustrated. And in this we see his human side. The charged exchange between Jesus and the townsfolk is a stark reminder of the humanity of both the neighbors and Jesus himself. He is human. He has feelings. There's something about our human brain that holds people in places right where they were the last time that we saw them. As children, we, uh, as children, we despised hearing from Aunt Susie, Oh, you've grown so much! And of course, in our heads, we're thinking, Well, of course I have. You haven't seen me in three years. The Jesus that they knew prior to his leave-taking for public ministry is the only Jesus that the folks of Nazareth can accept. They've held Jesus stagnant right where he was. And in this way, they're limiting Jesus and who he might become. This is an excellent reminder for all of us to be open to the possibility that a prophet and a teacher of wisdom beyond our imagination just might be sitting right here in our midst today. Will we be ready to hear, accept, and be changed by her or his teachings when they return home? And he could do no deed of power there. This is something to pay attention to. What is the relationship between the people and the prophet that without the faith of the people, without their strong belief in him and in God, the power and the miraculous healings are void? Just last week, we learned of the incredible faith of the woman who reaches out and touches Jesus' cloak. She holds on to the fringe. In her belief, she was made well and the bleeding stopped. Certainly, God has the power and has given the power to Jesus. But without faith, it seems to be lost. Perhaps it requires openness, a trust, a faith to fully witness the power of Jesus' ways. Jesus longed to be home perhaps even thought it would be a good respite and a glorious homecoming. Disappointed, frustrated, he walks away, amazed at their unbelief. After heartache in his hometown, Jesus moves on, and dutifully the disciples follow. Now remember, they have been with him. They have been with Jesus and have witnessed this rejection. These called ones are now sent out again, but with new instructions this time. Go out, Jesus says, but not by yourself. Take a buddy. Go out two by two. And in this pairing, you will have newfound support. You'll have companionship. 
and quite possibly a just right blending of spiritual gifts for what is needed along the way. I can almost imagine Jesus wouldn't send out two fisher folk together. He might send out one tax collector with one fisherman, knowing that their gifts would blend to give a ministry a wholeness that was needed. The same still happens with us today. Jesus bestows on them the same power that Yahweh God had first given to him, power to overcome unclean spirits and the presence and spirit to make whole and healthy what has been overcome with brokenness. Yesterday, I helped some dear friends move. Mamie and Richard have accepted their next call from God. Completing their parish ministry and their campus ministry, they leave on Tuesday to serve as missionaries in Colombia. Working with the Presbyterian Church of Columbia, other Christians, and service agencies dedicated to justice, they will strive to bring wholeness and healing to the broken communities and the farmlands of Colombia. Their presence and their stories will serve to protect those that are threatened by the paramilitaries. Their commitment to the Church of Jesus Christ and the strength of their faith will be a real and visible presence for the building of God's kingdom on this earth. You know, they gave away nearly half of all they own. They sold their house at a loss, and they are moving from two full-time ministries to one full-time ministry that will be shared by two people. They've packed up all their pastor books, all their library that they've worked over 10 years to build, and they've put it in storage. And next week, each one of them will carry one backpack as they prepare to go to live and serve God in Colombia for three years. I asked Richard yesterday, in the midst of moving and sweating and raindrops, Richard, how are you doing? He looked at me and he said, you know, really, getting rid of all this stuff is freeing. Getting rid of all the possessions frees him to go and serve God. Jesus is oh so clear about this. Let it go. Leave it behind. Don't worry about what to pack. Just go. Don't worry about making reservations for a hotel or where you will eat or what the currency will be. Just go. You will be greeted. You will be cared for. Don't be preoccupied with where you'll stay. Go and offer my healing and my wholeness. And remember, remember what happened in Nazareth. It will not always be easy. There will be days when speaking God's truth will have the crowd sneering at you. Rejection and betrayal are real possibilities as folks may refuse to hear what you have to say. There will be Sundays when nobody shows up. Folks will not answer the door. 
And when they hear your footsteps on the steps going up to the front door, the curtains will close and everyone will be quiet. Shh, it's the pastor. Don't answer the door. Shake off the dust and move on, for there will be difficult times. We are called, each and every one of us, to be God's servant leaders, trusting that we are given all the gifts needed, the companions for the journey, and the eternal presence of the Holy Spirit with us. This life of faith requires an integrity and a balance between doing the word and speaking the word. Thomas Long, a wonderful pastor and preacher, shares this illustration. Hugh Thomas was speaking at a commencement exercise of Emory University some years ago. Honorary degrees were being awarded, and the recipients made all the requisite speeches. As is often the case, maybe you've experienced this recently, being at a graduation yourself, the students chattered through the whole ceremony. In fact, there was only one moment when it was quiet enough actually to even signal that anyone was listening. It was when a man named Hugh Thompson was speaking. Thompson was probably the least educated man on the platform. He never completed college. Instead, he chose to enlist in the Army, where he became a helicopter pilot. On March 16, 1968, he was flying a routine patrol in Vietnam when he happened to fly over the village of Mai Lao, just as American troops were slaughtering dozens of unarmed villagers, old men, women, and children. Thompson set his helicopter down between the troops and the remaining civilians. He ordered his tail gunner to train the helicopter guns on the American soldiers, and he ordered the gunmen to stop killing the villagers. Hugh Thompson's actions saved the lives of dozens of people, and he was almost court-martialed. It was 30 years before the Army awarded him the Soldier's Medal. As he stood at the microphone, the rowdy student body grew still, and then Thompson talked about his faith. Simple words. Speaking what his parents had taught him, he said, They taught me, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Students were amazed to be hearing these words of Jesus at their graduation. Words from Sunday school. Words from worship. Words of Christian testimony. The crowd leapt to their feet and gave him a standing ovation. Thompson's words about his faith had weight because he had obviously walked the talk. In the same way, we, the church, the disciples that are sent out two by two, must have consistency between our words and our actions. Jesus never promised that discipleship would be easy. But he does promise to always be with us and that our needs will be met 
and he asks us to walk the journey with a partner, two by two. Go out. Amen. gifts of God are many, and blessed are we to be in this place and to be called to serve such a great God. Let us now return to God a portion of what we have been given so that we might continue the building of God's kingdom on this earth. Let us receive the morning offering.
some joys and concerns to share with you about our faith community. Nancy Wilson reports that her niece, Erin Wilson's surgery, this past Tuesday for an ovarian cyst, went very well, and she's home and recovering. There was a little surprise, though. The surgeon noticed that Aaron's appendix was inflamed, so he removed that as well. He said it probably would have burst in the next two or three days. Nancy thanks you all for your prayers and your presence with Aaron during this surgery. Sylvie Patterson was admitted to Elmhurst Hospital early in the week for severe leg pain. She continues there as they work with therapy and helping her to find relief. Um, and I'm sure she would be happy to receive your cards. Uh, she is open to phone calls and short visits. Lucy Pillinger came through surgery very well last Saturday at Elmhurst. She went home on Tuesday. Her sister is there caring with her for the next couple of weeks. And the cancer seems to be contained. Thanks be to God for her good surgery. Our dear Barbara is, Barbara Silligmuller is recovering from a broken rib. You may have heard last week that it was cracked, now it's broken. Barbara is here with us this morning. We're grateful for your presence. We pray that God relieves your pain and that your healing is swift. Brian Joan has asked that you pray this week for Katie. Katie is the daughter of his co-worker. She faces a very difficult road ahead after surgery on this past Wednesday to repair major facial damage from a softball accident. Will you please pray for young Katie? And sisters and brothers, I share with you that Gloria Mundell died peacefully in her sleep this week. She had been in a decline following a stroke last year and was with advancing Alzheimer's disease. Visitation for Gloria will be held at Algram's Funeral Home on Thursday of this week, July 9th, from 4 to 8, and then also from, 9, from 10 to 11 at YPC on Friday morning. The funeral will be at 11 o'clock on Friday morning here at the church and burial to follow. What other joys and concerns or prayer requests do you have this week? Yes, Gordon. Kim Kane's room was surgery well, but she has been bothered since then with a fungal infection that's been causing her quite a bit of discomfort. Uh, hopefully, the treating that is getting better, but she's still continuing to pray. Thank you. We will do that. Other prayer requests? I saw one over here. Yes, Barbara. The Elizabeth Circle, which is scheduled to meet on Wednesday morning at York Woods for their study and prayer. If it rains on Wednesday morning, the Bible study is canceled for that day. Are there any other prayer requests, joys, or concerns to share? Let us pray. God of all the universe, how privileged we are to gather in this place to worship you, to sing songs of praise and hope, 
and to be with our brothers and sisters in Christ. We thank you for the blessing of this, our church home, and the faithful calling of our community. Creator of the heavens and hills, the stars and the seas, keep us mindful of the gift you have given us in this, the earth. Embolden us to commit to caring for your world so that the resources it holds will be present for all generations. God, whose love is for all people, all nations, all beliefs, remind us that you are not just our God. In this way, we are not only to be concerned for ourselves, but for neighbor, both known and unknown, and enemy, both known and unknown. Grow our capacity to share your vision and love. Give us strength to answer your call to service, even in the face of uncertainty. For in you may we trust in all things. Here are prayers for those serving in the Peace Corps and the military. Far from home, they are close in our hearts. Guide their steps, Jesus, and allow them to feel the presence of your Holy Spirit in every day's mission. We pray for Matt Manfredi, Nick Eddington, Josh Lund, Mark Ladwig, Daniel Suits, Stephen Toburen, Aaron Wagner, and Jake Olin. We pray also for the missionaries and children that we support in doing your work around the globe. The globe. We pray for Todd Luke in Mexico, John McCall concluding his missionary service this month, and for Jonathan and Emily Switz who begin service and pick up John's work in Taiwan. For Thomas Johnson, who was retiring from service in Niger, and Debbie Blaine, beginning service in Sudan. God, whose power and love offers healing and wholeness, we pray with thanksgiving for the successful surgery of Aaron and Lucy. We ask that you would continue to be with Katie as she recovers from her surgery. And may your tender mercy remain near Solvig and Barbara. Surround them with your tender care, with confident professionals and days of good recovery. Merciful God, be especially with those living with ongoing health concerns, with Lynn and Uncle Vern, David, Sharon, Lorraine, Marge and Anita, George, Gordon, Casey, Carol, Kristen, and John. Good God, grant that all that troubles us, all that keeps us awake at night, may be put to peace. For the knowledge that with you all things are possible, Help us to let go of the extra worries, all the extra baggage, and help us to open our hearts and hands to you, that we may fill them with what is needed. 
push us to take the next step, to find a partner, and to live our faith in new and exciting ways. Merciful God, be with Kim as she continues to fight infection, and surround her family as they offer her comfort and care. We pray with the knowledge that our teacher and prophet, Jesus Christ, is with us always. And in his words we pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Not all of us can go to Colombia. Not all of us can go to Africa. But each of us, every day in our lives, are given opportunities to offer witness to God's love and God's grace. So open your heart, open your eyes, and stretch out your hand, knowing that you never go alone, and carry with you the love of God, the grace of Jesus Christ, and the witness of the Holy Spirit this day and all your days.